the second scriptural reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Ve'ata Yisrael ma Adonai Elohecha sho'el memicha ki im le'ira et Adonai Elohecha lalechet bechol drachav lahava oto leva'avot et Adonai Elohecha bechol levavcha uvchol nafshecha lishmor et mitzvot Adonai et chukotav asher anochi mitzavcha hayom letov lach. And now Israel what is Yahweh your God asking from you except to fear Yahweh, your God to go in all his ways and to love him and to serve Yahweh, your God, with all your heart and all your soul, to observe Yahweh's commandments and his laws that I command you today to be good for you. Because Yahweh your God, he is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who won't be partial and won't take a bribe, doing judgment for an orphan and a widow and loving an alien, to give him bread and a garment, so you shall love the alien because you were aliens in the land of Egypt. You shall fear Yahweh your God. You shall serve him and you shall cling to him. And you shall swear by his name. He is your splendor and he is your God. Who did these great and awesome things for you and your eyes have seen? Your fathers went down to Egypt with 70 persons, and now Yahweh, your God, has made you like the stars of the skies for a multitude. Shalom, my friends. It is truly an honor to be here with all of you this morning, for our two congregations have a wonderful history together, from Rabbi Joseph Gittin gifting the Ner Talmud to the work we are doing the last few years creating the annual interfaith thanksgiving service we have a great connection and i look forward to strengthening that connection to my friend reverend sammy evans i thank you for your incredible commitment to tikkun olam repairing the world from our brokenness and your ever-growing leadership in our faith community here in san jose it is truly my honor to be with you today and I just have to say this to Stone Church, well done, Stone Church. You got a good one here, a very good one. When Reverend Sammy and I talked about our theme for this pulpit exchange, it took us, well, less than two seconds to come up with one. All you have to do is look at the world around us. We are more divided as a nation than I can ever remember or have ever experienced. There are more people that are on the periphery than ever before. Racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, this microphone, Islamophobia, prejudice, hatred, white nationalism, mixed with a lack of nuanced discussion and an inability to lean into a view that is different than our own has become the new norm of our country. The way we are treating people at the border is an example of our growing intolerance and division as a country. In fact, it is getting harder and harder to recognize this country. And as much as we would like to point fingers at a single person, the reality is that things have become the way they are because we have allowed these things to happen. It is our responsibility, not someone else's, so blaming another will simply not help us. And truth be told, some of what pains us is not new. 
It has been around for an incredibly long time. We can just look at our sacred scriptures to see this reality. In the Jewish tradition, we read a portion of our Torah, which is Genesis through Deuteronomy, weekly. The Torah is divided into weekly portions so that over the course of the year, we read the entire five books of Moses. And Jews throughout the world read yesterday during our Sabbath services this week's portion that is perfect for our discussion, our theme today. <clears throat> the title of the Torah portion is Mishpatim, <clears throat> which means laws or judgments. And it is from the book of Exodus, specifically Exodus chapters 21, verse 1, to chapter 24, verse 18. And I cannot think of a better foundation for my words to you this morning. Picture this. The Israelites had just left Egypt and then experienced the most earth-shattering, dramatic, and transformational moment of their lives in receiving the Torah from Mount Sinai. But the pyrotechnics and dazzling displays are over now, and it's time to get to the fine print. Just as soon as the Israelites accepted Torah, they were inundated with rules, laws, precepts, and commandments, which we call mitzvot, all of which instructed us how to live our lives and how we should set up our society. Altogether, the portion Mishpatim contains 53 mitzvot, or commandments, 23 imperative commandments, and 30 prohibitions, serving as the Torah portion with the greatest number of rules to follow. These rules include everything from laws of indentured servants, penalties for murder, kidnapping, assault, and theft, civil laws pertaining to damages, the granting of loans, the rules governing the conduct of justice by courts of law. We are told of laws warning against the mistreatment of foreigners, the observance of the seasonal pilgrimage festivals, and agricultural gifts that are to be brought to the temple in Jerusalem. Even the prohibition against cooking a kid in its mother's milk which becomes the foundation of the laws of keeping kosher, and even the mitzvah of prayer are all mentioned in this portion. But there's one commandment that it features that is above all the rest. In fact, that commandment occurs more times than any other commandment, and its first appearance is in this week's Torah portion. For Mishpatim states the following, You shall not oppress a stranger, for you understand the soul of the stranger, having been strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall not oppress a stranger, for you understand the soul of the stranger, having been strangers in the land of Egypt. This commandment occurs 36 times in the Torah, and like I said, that is more than any other commandment. Obviously, caring for the stranger is a major part of our Bible. But what is a stranger anyway? The Torah tells us we were strangers in Egypt, although the Israelites lived there for over 400 years. Similarly, the Torah talks of the native peoples of Canaan as strangers, even though they had been there for thousands of years when the Israelites finally entered the Promised Land. The Torah's definition of a stranger seems to imply that a stranger is not simply a person or a group of people we do not know or do not associate with, but rather a person or group of people 
who we ourselves see as different, who we call strangers. In biblical times, this term ger, or stranger, usually meant those who oppressed us or who worshipped pagan gods. And although there are no real pagan religions, at least in terms of how the Bible defined paganism, we certainly have our idols today, don't we? Money, power, control are some of the greatest gods our society seems to praise. It has become the goal for so many, the focus of one's work, the highest achievement one can reach. You can even be president of the United States without any experience if you have money. There are some people who use religion as a way of exploiting others and taking their money. So long as money has this kind of power over our society, the greater this problem will become. Money has become like a secret weapon in making it in our society. And from that idol worship, we have become a more selfish and self-centered society. And that selfish energy has contributed to a greater sense of division in our country, and it has the potential, if it goes unchanged, to become one of the greatest tragedies in modernity. This great American dream that we all hold so dear could become a nightmare. In our society right now, if you are not part of the societal wave of externality, then you are treated like a stranger. And there are many around us who are made to feel like a stranger. And these do include the homeless, mentally challenged, economically challenged, veterans of life, who some of you call elders, people of color, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, non-binary folks, physically challenged immigrants, and the list seems to be growing, not lessening. So what do we do, Rabbi? Well, again, looking at this week's Torah portion, Mishpatim, we may have the answer. In fact, it is the title of the portion and the second word of this week's Torah portion that gives us a very important insight. Mishpatim, as I said earlier, means laws, but the Hebrew language is built on a three- or four-letter shoreshim, or an English, root system. And Mishpatim's is based on a three-Hebrew-letter root system, which are shin Pei tet From this shoresh, or root, we are also given words like shofet, judge, and mishpat, which means justice. And as many of the commandments in this week's portion would be considered civil laws by today's standards, in the biblical world view, there is little or no distinction between holy and profane, religious and secular, church and state. But those three Hebrew letters that make up the word mishpatim can teach us something very important. For the root of that word means justice. It means righteousness. The reason why this Torah portion has so many laws within it is to help us understand that our actions either make the world more just or have the power to break down to the point that the powerless have no justice. I think what is missing in our society right now is a true sense of justice for everyone. One truth I believe above all other truths is something called the Freedom Covenant, 
And that is the idea that you have the right to believe whatever you want to believe so long as you do not take that right away from another person. Another way to put this is that none of us are free until all of us are free. How can we say we are Jewish or Christian or Muslim or any religion without understanding that without justice for all, there is no freedom for anyone. So if we want to fulfill our mission as a people of faith, then we must begin with bringing justice to all people in our community. And sadly, we have a lot to choose from. Like I said earlier, there are many who feel they are on the periphery of our society. And these are people who often do not feel that they have justice in their lives. They don't even feel like they have a voice. And you know what? They would be right. So I'd like to challenge all of us. It is time for a call to action. Our congregations have had a loving history together. and the last two decades, we have done even more together. But why not have our two congregations work together on this theme of bringing justice to our community? Let us commit ourselves this morning to working together on a project that will help bring more justice to San Jose. For example, we could do another Abrahamic Alliance event together with a local mosque where we feed the homeless one afternoon after making a meal together and learning about each other. We can involve our youth in a cleanup project together, like at a park or at a beach. And or we can work on a project together that our congregants are passionate about, be it voter registration, homelessness, how we treat the immigrant, are all great opportunities for us to work together. In the biblical reading from the book of Deuteronomy that I read prior to the sermon, it teaches us that the nature of our relationship with God however we define that word, is love. That is the true secret in order to repair our world from its brokenness. From my perspective, one cannot have a loving relationship with God if we are not loving to all of God's creatures. Proper relationship with God begins with a proper relationship with humanity. This week's Torah portion tells us that a proper relationship with humanity is built first and foremost on justice and righteousness. How can we say we have a loving relationship with God if we are not part of a just society? Well, we can't. My friends, we may feel that things are hopeless all around us and that there is nothing we can do to change this current narrative. There is much we can do to repair, to tikkun, our world. It just starts with a bit of an attitude adjustment. With that attitude adjustment soon follows a heart adjustment. Because in the end, it is all about our hearts. So the next time we see a homeless person and we are tempted to turn our heads, let us look at them directly in the eyes and see their humanity, see their spark of the divine within. For change begins in our own hearts, and if we open ourselves up to the possibilities that surround us, we can, we will change things into a just and loving world. Amen.